Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards? Is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Contra Hardcore for Sega Genesis. Yeah, this was, uh, it had been a while since we played a Contra game, so I thought it was finally time to revisit this uh, beautiful and interesting franchise. <laughs> yeah, um, if you don't know about Contra, really, there's a there's like a through line throughout the whole franchise, and it's really the story about humanity's hatred for walls throughout the ages. <laughs> it's a beautiful story because you know it's not just like a wall as like a physical wall, but it's a metaphor for you know all of the things that stand between us and the people that get in the way of our dreams and right. you know you can grab your machine gun and just blow <clears throat> down the walls yeah it's just like real life uh, um are the walls like is that your absolute favorite thing about contra yeah so if you've heard our other episodes with contra and contra 3 uh, you know this or if you've ever played contra you know that there's just this thing in in contra 1 where the first boss is like a wall and then in Contra 3, they have an homage to that, and they have a very similar wall that's the boss of the first level. And unfortunately, Contra Hardcore does not have a wall boss in the first level, but it does have several walls that you can blow up to your heart's desire. <laughs> they come a little later, not the first level. They kind of toned it back. Yeah, it's like a it's like a delayed gratification. You know, they want to <laughs> they want to let you enjoy the game and really get down into the nitty gritty and then right when you're feeling at the pit of despair they're like here's a wall here's yeah. a wall for you to blow up so i wonder if it's since they changed up the formula with contra hardcore a little they bit really did um i wonder if since the the cast of characters in this one is a little bit different they decided to go with some different design philosophies and sort of scale back the walls Yes, maybe. Maybe that's just part of the, yeah. But they, they didn't want to completely remove them because they know that the walls are the lifeblood of the Contra franchise, so they couldn't remove them completely. <sighs> Anyways, uh, so <laughs> Contra Hardcore, um, it's a Genesis game. came out in 1994. It takes place after Contra 3. Obviously, it's by Konami because yeah, Konami makes Contra. And... Uh, apparently the Japanese version is easier than the North American version, which I feel like is unusual. Yeah. But you get three hits per life. What? In the Japanese version. That's insane. Yeah. Everybody knows Contra is one hit. And by default, you get unlimited continues. So, okay, so we really got screwed on this one. Yeah. The Japanese version sounds a lot better. Yes, it does. <laughs> they got the best version I get maybe of all the Contra games, right? Because the first one has the cutscenes and stuff yeah. that you don't have in the original Contra. What in the world and is then, going on, Konami? This is yeah. a little bit of favoritism. Show the West <laughs> a little bit of love. And then the PAL version of this game, just like the first Contra game, is called Probotector. So they just always get the short end of the stick in hey, the PAL regions. You, no, what do you mean? If you, you Probotector, it's like Robot Protector. That's a sweet name. Yeah, but they called the first game Probotector, and then they were like, what are we going to call the fourth one? Well, let's just call it Probotector. Well, it's that was like the popular thing in the 80s and 90s. You have Alien, and then the sequel, Aliens. It, yeah, but... Like, they put an S on it. But imagine if the sequel to Alien would have been called Alien. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. It's happened. <laughs> okay. It's happened. <laughs> it's a thing. I don't know why it's the same thing. It would be... It would. 
it would make sense to me if it was like a game that came out at the same time and it was on two different platforms. But this was like, I don't know, the first Contra came out, I think, in 1987. And this is like seven years later. We're calling it the same thing. But it's not a reboot. It's just... It's a very different game. I don't know. Yeah. Well, do you want to jump in and look at what this game does well? (laughs) Yes, please. Let's do that. (laughs) Okay. I think for me, the biggest thing about this game and the thing that just really made me interested and drawn into this game is that it looks amazing. Yeah, it looks it looks good. And that's not something like I don't have anything against Contra 1 or Contra 3, the other ones that we've played so far. Um, But everything about this game looked awesome. The designs were good. The character design, the level design, everything. There was just like there was points when we were playing this game when I wanted to get to the end of a level, not to like beat the level or beat the game, but just to see what was going to come next. Yeah, I feel like when we played Contra 3, you also were pretty enamored with the way that that game looked. Yeah, I mean, it definitely looked cool, and this one takes it up another notch. I think that one of the things about Contra 3 is that it's, like, very kind of, like, gritty and uh, lots of, like, skulls and all that, like, Mm. uh, industrial and, like, metal-plated. And Contra Hardcore definitely has a more cartoony vibe to it, which is more up my alley. Not, like, completely cartoony, but, I mean, one of the characters, you can choose between four playable characters, and one of them is, like, a werewolf man with two Gatling guns for arms. His name is Fang. Fang. Well, his name is actually Brad Fang, I think. So uh, he's got a first name. Fang is just his last name. Don't pigeonhole him. He's not completely a werewolf. He's a guy. He speaks. Oh, he's got man. Gatlin guns for arms. I guess that's that's a good time to go to the sidebar where I'm like, I, one of the things I loved about this game was the characters. How, yeah. Like, unlike previous Contra games, you can select from four different characters. Yep. And so you have Ray Powered. Sheena Atronzi, uh, Brad Fang, and then uh, Brownie the Robot. Brownie, yes. <laughs> um, according to the manual, he's named Brownie because of his warm personality. Do you think they mean that like brownies, like the food that are warm and yes, like I, I do think <laughs> that that is why they called him Brownie. I don't. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I mean, he as a character doesn't really make sense in this game, but we can touch more on that a little bit later, I think. But he's the best character. He is by far the best character because he is super short. He's so. the odd job yes. of Contra Hardcore. Yep, just like Odd Job in GoldenEye, he's shorter than every other character, so you really don't have to worry about ducking because yeah. every single bullet's going to go over his head. And... He gets a double jump, but not just yep. a normal double jump, but like he can actually float with a jetpack kind of thing for a yep. brief period of time. And he's the only character that by default has a double jump. Yeah, it's almost like they, they realized that if you wanted to play through on kind of an easy mode, yeah. you could play with Brownie. <laughs> Good old Brownie. <laughs> that classic name that you would think of for any robot brownie yeah <laughs> but the characters are really cool and they aren't at all palette swaps they no. each are very different yeah each character has four weapons that are very um unique yeah the power-ups in this game are different than previous contra games where contra games will drop like spread shot or like missiles whereas in this game they they drop a b c and d and based on what character you're playing it actually changes what the weapon is, and they're all completely different for each character. Do you have that page pulled up where it says what their attacks are called? Because <laughs> I, I think that the I girl, 
The girl had a really interesting attack name. Uh, yeah, her, her weapon A is called uh, Genocide Vulcan. Which is insane, right? <laughs> to it, name it, the it, weapon Genocide Vulcan. It is a large caliber machine gun. Her weapon B is called Shower Crash, and shells rain down and explode. Uh, her weapon C is Brake Laser, and her weapon D is Axe Laser. Yeah, and so each character has these different attacks, and some of them are really unique, like the robot Brownie. He's got one that's like this rope thing that bounces all around the screen, mm-hmm. and the werewolf guy, Brad Fang, he's got a punch that like shoots out a giant flame circle. Uh, they call that one Power Punch. Power Punch. That's not nearly <laughs> as cool as Genocide Vulcan. <laughs> but his weapon A is called Beast Shooter. Beast shooter. I mean, that makes sense. Again, he is a werewolf. Is he wearing jeans? Uh, no, I don't, I don't he's, think so. He's a werewolf. He's got like the ammo belt strapped across his chest, like a classic '80s, uh, you know, superhero kind of guy. And then he's got these two Gatling guns for arms. I have no idea how he holds on to stuff, but he does. Uh, I think cause... he technically only has one. It was just the the way you were running around. Looking at his uh, artwork in the manual, it looks like he's got one hand. Which... Well, when you're facing the left, his Vulcan cannon thing is in front. <laughs> and then when you turn and face the right, his Vulcan cannon is still in front. So I'm just going by the game well, graphics. Okay. He's got two we're... Gatling guns Yeah, for he arms. just has no hands. But no he's, hands. he's still clinging onto the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> Which still doesn't even make sense cuz how do you hold on to a ceiling and move forward when you've got one when you've got a Mega Man arm? Like, you know what I'm saying? No, but you know, I'm not really concerned with that. You know, sometimes I get really hung up on that stuff. <laughs> but this game was just so cool and fun to look at and it was obviously over the top and obviously cartoony, so I think we can let it slide. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll let it slide this time, Konami. <laughs> That wasn't the only unique thing about this game, though. You know, the four characters and the unique weapons. Um, This game also features a story, which you don't always get in Contra games, especially in the Western releases of them. And not just one story, but when you beat a level, there's a couple times throughout the game when it gives you an option of, do you want to take option one or option B? And it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. So at one point, you could choose if you wanted to chase down Dead-Eye Joe or if you wanted to go save some scientists who had been captured. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's one of the things that I have written down is the branching paths. Um, I like that it gives you sort of a reason to keep playing this game. Yeah. As if you could ever get down those branching paths. We'll get but, there. We'll get there. <laughs> but I appreciate the fact that this, it adds replay value. We only played one full game, so we didn't get to choose the opposite paths. I don't know if... I think this game has multiple endings. Uh, I don't know what would trigger them, maybe score or something, but um, I don't know if... say So we chose, what, path B the first time, and then we chose path B again when it came to the second choice. So I don't know if we chose path A the first time if when we got to the second choice it would have been two different choices. What I'm trying to say is I don't know how many branching paths there are. Yeah, we know there's at least two. So there's that first one. And then the second one is you're kind of surrounded by all these bad guys. And you have to decide, are you going to fight through? 
or are you going to give up and let them take you prisoner? And we allowed them to take us prisoner, not because we're, you know, wusses or whatever, but because I was like, that's weird. In a video game, you know, you don't normally end up a prisoner. And it was cool, and I'm glad we picked that because that prison level was actually one of my favorite levels in the game. Yeah, you fought this, like, jolly giant mech robot who had, like, a a run that made him look very happy as he was trying to crush you. (laughs) Yeah, it was actually one of the, the coolest, like, boss fights like not actually what we were doing and fighting him, but just you're on top of this speeding prison train and this giant mech uh, robot thing comes and he like grabs the front of the train and like slows it down. And then he jumps up there and he's fighting you. And once you finally take down his health enough that he, he falls off the train and he gets run through by this locomotive and explodes into a bunch of pieces. And I was like the whole time we were playing, I was just like smiling and I was having Uh a great time and it was just really cool. That was one of the coolest levels in any of the Contra games that we've played. The explosions. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of p- piggybacks on, like I have written down as something the game did well, is it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Everything in this game blows up, even the walls. Like there's yes. just a, a neutral wall. There's no reason for the wall to no, explode. There is- and then it just, there are balls of fire that are just coming out of this wall for some reason. It's a metaphor, Dan. <laughs> You don't understand. It's like tearing down the walls of oppression that has kept humanity apart, you know, in spite of our unity as one people. You have to really, you know, you need to get on a different level with this game. I need to understand the alien war. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's a really interesting thing. I like the story of this game. I like the the branching paths. And it's not only that, but there's also some unexpected twists in the story. Um, At one point, the the scientist this is a spoiler so if you are like oh, i really want to know the story of this game you know skip ahead a little bit but at one point the the scientist that you think is on your side you find out he's actually a bad guy and then dead eyed joe who you think is a bad guy he actually like breaks you out of prison but not because he's a good guy no it's because he wants to kill you yeah he's like vegeta always wanting to kill goku yeah he's and like, then someday i'll fight you but i'll help you right now and then like right when you're about to defeat him like his you know like if he's Darth Vader, his emperor comes in and just <laughs> murders him, like takes this thing and squishes him. And it was like brutal. I was like, my jaw hit the ground. It he was, basically got f- full body curb stomped by this floating platform. <laughs> it was crazy. There was just so many twists in the story. And yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a sucker for story in games. I'm a sucker <laughs> for cutscenes, and this game did not disappoint. Even in like the mini bosses, there was one like big robot that you fight in the very first level. Now, I'm a little disappointed that the first boss wasn't a wall, <laughs> but and this wasn't even like the boss. This was the mini boss. Like he's out in the background. You see him like way in the back, like destroying these skyscrapers, yeah. and then he like sees you and he jumps up to the front of the screen, and you're fighting him on top of a skyscraper. And just there was just so many times in this game that I was like, "Dang, that's really cool." Yeah, this game is 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 probably it's not my favorite Contra game for sure. No, nor but mine. It was definitely it gave us the most sort of story and background and craziness all around. I think of any Contra game. Yeah, that for I've sure. Played. I haven't played a ton of super c so i don't know if it gets ridiculous but i know this i I feel like this one got way more out there than contra 3 ever did yeah i mean just the fact that you (laughs) one of the main characters is a werewolf with a gatling gun so (laughs) yeah um for me the last big thing that stands out for this um of what this game does well is that there wasn't 
a ton of unnecessary platforming, which is something that can just really ruin a lot of these running gun games or a lot of games that aren't platformers is especially in Contra 3, I remember us getting stuck on some just like little platforming parts where we mm. were just trying to jump through things and we kept yeah. dying. And like, I'm not playing this game for platforming or like pixel perfect jumping. I want to take my machine gun and kill a bunch of robots, kill a gun, bunch of bad guys and kill a bunch of walls. And that's what I want out of a Contra game. Yeah. And this one did that. It's almost like they distilled Contra down to pure run and gun with like no difficult platforming at all i mean there's there's one section in the first level where you kind of have to time your jumps right where you're on these like spinning bars and you got to get to the edge of the bar and jump it's not even hard though it was just like we got we were getting lazy and we would die but like you were getting lazy the first few times we did it, we had no problems with it. It was only later in when we were getting annoyed with doing the same part over and yeah. over that we started missing jumps, or I started missing the jumps. You were lazy. I had double jump. You didn't want the robot. See, well, only <laughs> only one of us could be the robot. So. I offered him. You didn't want him. I know, but I wanted you to have the guy that you liked. It was oh, fine, and I like the I, I like the werewolf guy. Yeah, like Brad. <laughs> Can't beat Brad. Do you have anything else that stands out to you of what this game does well? No. But no, I guess we I can move on. Real quick, one last thing. This game, more than other Contra games, I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because we know that I am not the video game <laughs> expert in this duo, but it seemed like there was a lot more boss fights and mini boss fights and just like giant bad guys as opposed to like hordes of endless foot soldiers. It kind of felt that way. It it definitely felt like it had a different pacing to it. Like the first level has what, like two or three like mini bosses and yeah. then an actual boss. Um, so I feel like that's kind of a fair assessment to say that there were more mini bosses, but it's not like we've sat and count counted them versus the other counter games. So yeah, well, either way, it's cool that there's so many bosses and mini bosses because they have interesting designs none of them really overstayed their welcome you didn't end up fighting a boss for way too long but it was a cool way to incorporate more of those cool designs it's almost like they just took their uh concept art sketchbook and just like shook it all out and they're like we're putting everything in this game yeah and you got lots of big robots and lots of big insect kind of bosses and all sorts of (laughs) stuff in between and so classic contra stuff yes i loved it not very many skulls like i feel like in contra 3 you had a lot of skull bosses and like skeleton well it was a war it was the alien war yeah that's true and this one this one is just like after on christmas well during the holidays we don't know what holidays maybe it was like columbus day or something i thought it specifically said christmas um but that was just you reading the manual so i could have just like i think it's a holiday which we all but it was like yeah it was well it was kind of like the story of the first contra where it was sort of like a secret for like a really long time. And then all of a sudden things showed up and then they got a call in the hardcore to come See, clean things up. I don't remember the story of the first contract because you had to like read it in the manual and there wasn't much of it in the game. So yeah. something about a jungle and aliens. That's all you need though. I guess maybe that's all you need. That's not yeah. all that I need, but I thankfully need. this game gave us a lot more than that. <laughs> Thank- all right. Thankfully <laughs> let's move on to what this game didn't do so well. And I think that maybe you'll agree with me that most of the bad stuff about this game can be boiled down to one point. And that is that, you know, the wall boss wasn't the first boss. No, I'm just kidding. That's that's really not a gripe with this game. Most of the bad stuff about this game can be put on the fact that it's just insanely hard. Dude. Insane. So, 
we played Contra one and you were like, I used to call games Contra hard. This is not, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just bad at video games. Yeah. Well, it turns out you were just talking about Contra hardcore because this game is brutal. Brutal. I mean, brutal. We, uh, so when we play these games, we always try to play them, uh, the right way. Um, there's very few exceptions where we're just like, this is not going to go well. Well, let's just turn on the unlimited continues just straight out of the gate. Yeah. We were like, all right, we're going to beat the first level without cheats. You got to beat the first level. You got to at least beat the first level, right? Yeah. But, but like an hour later, we still hadn't beaten the first level. And <laughs> I mean, now some people accuse us of being bad at video games. We're not really bad. We're at not video that games. bad. But Contra, one of the observations I really made about it today is the game is really about learning the patterns and, yes. and replaying the levels over and over and over and over again and getting a little farther and a little farther and a little farther, which and we a little did. farther. And we did, but we played the last boss on this first level for probably like 30 plus minutes. Yeah. Um, before we had just had enough. Cause you only start the, so you only start the game with five continues and you have no option to give you more continues and you can't give yourself more than three lives to start off the game with, which is one of the things I have written down that the game doesn't do well is the lack of options by default. You, you know, you can only have these very limited things. And so we would be able to continue at the three quarter of the way through the first level point, fight the giant robot boss, do some platforming, fight the end of the last boss. And we did that for like over half an hour and we still never beat the last boss. Yeah. And we did a little better, a little better, a little better, but it was just at a point where we were like, if we're going to play through this game, we've got to put on like infinite continues so that we have, we can stop. Well, we did restarting the level. Yeah. And eventually, you know, I think that the last time that we did it, when we actually did beat it, even though we had infinite continues on, I don't think we used five continues. No, I think we used two. So we did eventually beat the first level without like using any codes or anything. But I think by we got to level three and then that was it. We could not get further than that. Level two seemed actually easier than level one. But by the time we got to level three, <sighs> we're like, man, we, we just can't. We can't like keep doing this over and over again. So... We we did turn on the infinite lives and the game got a lot more fun. Yeah, but the point is that I was I don't think I fully uh, expressed was just this game is the definition of contra hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it you know it's called hardcore like C O R P S like Marine Corps, mm. but it could definitely be taken the other way because it is it is hardcore. It's like you know a lot of video games will have like easy normal mode hard or like hardcore and like this would definitely be like the hardest version of a video game yeah i want to say that this is the hardest contra game i've probably ever played i feel like this was harder than contra 3 i yeah i mean i don't remember us struggling like that with contra 3 oh we struggled we did struggle (laughs) but like man we were just you should be able to beat the first level of a game in under an hour yeah i i mean i'll i'll attribute it to us you know, not being the best at Contra to some extent, but well, it, I mean, it is really hard. We've played a lot of running gun games. We've played a lot of hard running gun games. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, it was rough. Like the fact that the Japanese version gives you three hits instead of one. Yeah. Like what the heck, man? Right. I was, t- and I made the comment when we were playing, I was like, 
is this the hardest game we've played for the show? And I was like, maybe Life Force might be the only other game that was like harder. But Life Force isn't even hard necessarily. Not hard in the same way that this game is hard. I mean, we completely gave up on Battletoads. <laughs> the thing is... I don't the, want to talk about Battletoads. I don't want to talk about it either. But the difference <laughs> between this game and those other games, especially Battletoads, is that... Like I don't have like I never felt like soul crushed by this game. Yeah. Like I really was having fun, especially once we turned on the infinite lives. I just liked looking at this game. I liked the world of this game. I liked the yeah. characters of this game. And I think that that made it way more palatable. Like I wasn't getting frustrated and like hating that my time playing the game because mm-hmm. it is a cool game. It's just a bummer that it's so hard and that you don't have that accessibility without the cheat codes. Yeah. For me, I don't want to say I didn't have fun because I, I did have fun, but I felt like my stress levels kind of going up the longer we played it. And I was just like, I hope this game doesn't take forever because it's so hard that it's just like, ugh. and it definitely got better. We turned on, you know, infinite lives because we we have to finish this game. We have to see the whole thing. Um, it got better at that point when you just don't have to worry about playing so defensively. But if you're playing this game the the real way, I don't know. It's going to take you a long time if you want to beat it legitimately. Yeah, you're going to have to put in some serious practice time. Yeah. But but you know what? Get yourself a Game Genie or a Retron or something so you can load up some some cheat codes. Yeah. Play it with infinite lives. You know, don't put on invincibility. That makes games not fun. <laughs> There's got to be, you know, some sort of uh punishment i guess for for dying so in this game you lose your weapon and you you know you fall backwards and it slows you down and all that stuff so you got to have something invincibility does ruin games but infinite lives we got to get through the game i had fun and uh yeah that's the way to play it yeah do you have anything else outside of the super hard difficulty i do um i always make the comment about konami's music and i felt like the music in this game was mediocre which like i don't think it was it was bad but like one of the things that i always say is like i don't know of a a konami game with bad music in it and i'm not saying that's here but i was like listening to the soundtrack of this game and i was like yeah this isn't really like a particularly interesting or great soundtrack and that was kind of a bummer See, I didn't put it down in what this game does well, but I don't know if I'd put it in what it doesn't do well. I did catch myself like humming it when we'd be on the continue screen when we were doing that hour-long replay of the first level. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not bad music at all. It's like no. I mean, if you're comparing it to the Konami canon of music, you can say like this isn't a standout for them, no. but uh, it's not bad. No, and I have it that it's mediocre. Yeah, um, and I think that part of it is that since the art style of this game is so strong and the, the character <laughs> design, like, I'm serious. That's where I'm, all the money went was the art style and the story. No, but it, it it is possible to say that the music doesn't stand up as well as the rest of the art direction in this game. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, that's all I really even have to say about the music because it, it didn't get annoying. No, definitely not. It just, yeah, it didn't strike me as very special. My only other thing that I can really think of that stands out of what this game doesn't do do well is every character should have double jump, not just the robot, because we used a cheat code to turn on double jump for my character, too. So it wasn't just the the robot. (laughs) Well, it wasn't even your character. You picked whatever Sheena her name was or whatever. Yeah. Even the like (laughs) even with the cheat codes, Brad Fang can't have double jump. So I switched over to Sheena, which is fine. She was cool, too. 
um, so I could have double <laughs> jump. But it's like, man, there's no way with the cheat codes that even we right. load up that you can have Brad Fang do double jumps. Yeah, so three out of the four characters you can get double jump with if you cheat, but only one has it by default. So, it's so which is, weird. Yeah, it's bizarre to me, but whatever. Yeah. They were like, let's if we're going to put an easy mode in the game, let's only let one player play on easy mode. Yeah. Make sure that two can't. Man. It's weird. Yeah. So, you seem to really like this game, Jordan. Like, that's the weird thing is I really enjoyed looking at this game. I had fun, like, watching what was coming next. I did enjoy um, playing it, but it's not a game that I really want to, like, go play some more. This is a game that I would like to watch somebody else play. <laughs> like, I feel like I could sit down and, and like, watch an hour-long playthrough of somebody just, like, who's actually good at this game and get to enjoy, like, all of the art and, like, the story and everything wow. without having to be the one that is actually playing it. That's really interesting. Uh, so with that said, if you did have unlimited money, what would you pay for the experience you just had? <laughs> Um, oh man, it's such a, it is such a fun game to look at. And like, I, I just wish that it wasn't so hard. Yeah. Um, man, this is a tough one. I guess it's higher than like my average of like $3 or whatever. I would, I would put this at like five or six bucks. (laughs) Wow. Again, this is me. This is me. And I don't know. Like, that's just. Jordan, we were talking today about like (laughs) indie games and like my like level of what games are worth are just not in the same realm as you. Yeah. Like I just don't feel good about spending more than $10 for anything that's not like a triple A modern game. You're kind of out of your mind. I know. I know. It's because I'm not really a video gamer. Like I love playing video games with you. Um, And you you send me games all the time. I'm like, check this out. out." I'm like, I'm like, I can maybe pick up a new game like every couple months and I'm good. So, all right, well, we'll, si- well let's just sidetrack a little bit. You put over 100 hours into Enter the Gungeon. Yeah. What would you pay, what is that experience worth to you? If you had known ahead of time that you were going to put as much time into it as you have, what's uh, the maximum you would pay for that game? See, I feel like I spent like 24 bucks on it or something, or 25 bucks, whatever. Like, what does it cost? I think that one might be like 16 to 20. I, I feel like I spent like 20, 25 bucks on it or whatever. And that, like 25 bucks. Because it's like, it's a pixel game, you know? It's like a roguelike. So I don't understand where the disconnect is with some of this other stuff where you're like, because uh, I don't want to get $10 for that. I don't know, man. I don't want to get ripped off, you know? Yeah, but if you knew you weren't getting ripped I'm, off. I'm cheap. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I like to save my money. But so. You got Game Pass on Xbox One that you just yeah you just recently because got it's on Xbox a penny One. a day for the first two months. But I'm just saying, and so I recommended Slay the Spire. Yes, you're really enjoying it. Yeah, and then you looked it up on Switch, and you're like, it's twenty five bucks, and I'm like, but if you know, like, you're playing it for free right now, essentially. Yeah. And knowing what it is and how much you enjoy it, you still wouldn't pay twenty five bucks for it, even though no. you know you're gonna get twenty five bucks of value out of that. No, game. Slay the Spire is a five dollar game. You're out of your mind, dude. It is. It's not like the best art. Like <sighs> it's got like you're out of your mind. There's just stuff about it. Kind of feels a little bit like a flash game. 
it's a fun game. Like, All there's right. lots of fun games that I don't want to spend more than $5 for. Anyway, so back to Contra. This is just letting you into my brain about why my numbers are always so low. Uh, so if you had unlimited money, you would pay 5 to $6. Dude, I can't. Uh, my brain doesn't work with the concept of unlimited money. It would crash the economy, and I would have that All weight right. on my shoulders. What would you pay if this was on the eShop as part of a collection of several Contra games? Not the twenty dollars that they want for that Contra collection. <laughs> I would for all the Contra the games contra ten bucks. Oh, uh, you that doesn't even math like. If we did all those games separately for the show, you would pay twenty bucks for the experiences. No, see that's the thing though, because <laughs> it's, it's hypothetical. I'm not buying any of these games. Oh, that's hurt, the thing. But like that Contra soul. collection, like they're trying to sell the Japanese version and the American version as two games. No. Come on. You just gave us the cutscenes you've been holding out. <laughs> oh, I can't even with you. I just I'm being honest. You want me to lie? I appreciate that. Sometimes I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry if any of you are aspiring game developers and you're just having your soul crushed by people like me, but I mean, I only have so By much the embodiment income. of the internet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What is you're the guy who's like tweeting at developers. Are you going to put this on sale soon? No, I'm not that guy. <laughs> Your game is not worth $10 to me. Okay, it's not is like you've ever bought soon? like a Humble Bundle for like 40 games or something. Yeah, but I'm not tweeting at the developer about it. Well, neither am I. <laughs> also, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't. Um, yeah, for, all right, so where do I <laughs> land on this one? My gut is going 17. I don't know why. What? I know, it's super weird, but I'm I just like, like, yeah, Contra, 17 bucks. I feel like... If were you I, having fun with this? Like I know I was having fun, but were you having fun with this game? Because I don't remember you having fun with this game. You're like my wife. She's like, are you having a good time? Like you're like screaming at the TV. I'm like, yes, don't like. She's like, why do you do this? I'm like, I enjoy it. It's like it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I also have these experiences too when we record these episodes where like either tomorrow or like the day after I'm gonna be like. I could play some some Contra Hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I had that experience with with the uh, Adventures of Batman and Robin or whatever when we played it on Genesis and we had a terrible time. But like two days later, I was like, "There's something about this game where I just like want to play it." And then I saw the clip you posted on Instagram of it, and I was like, "No, no." The clip gave me like PTSD. I was like, "Oh, that's what this game is." No, I you don't want to play is. anymore. It's cat lady disease. You know that disease? <laughs> Have you heard about this? <laughs> no. There's like some disease that you can get from cat poop that that makes <laughs> okay. you like want more cats and it's like a thing it's an actual thing like i don't remember what it's called but this is a real thing and that's how like cat ladies happen because they get in contact with cat poop and what? then they want more cats and that's how it is with like I'd... i feel like there's some sort of mold uh... in old video games that makes your brain like them even though they're not always great oh and that... now you have been wow. enslaved to them because your whole basement is full of video game brain mold okay and you have cats so that could be part of it too i'm just saying man uh, there's science out there i think that don't argue maybe the science. weirdest that this show has ever gotten i'm just i, I don't know man. i don't know we've gotten pretty weird i don't know i think the cat poop lady might be the weirdest at least it's backed up by science unlike some of my other ridiculous rants Oh, if you had unlimited money, what would you buy? If I had unlimited money, I would love like if you arc- collected something. Yeah, 
I would love um, arcade machines. I don't have anywhere to put them. Like I don't literally don't have. I would, I would build a garage or like a. We we have like an extra lot next to our house that I could build like a place to put arcade machines. Okay. All right. Hold on. Have so you would you would pay hundreds of dollars for a single arcade cabinet, but you won't pay. More than twenty dollars for a game that you can get dozens and dozens and dozens of hours out. This isn't just an that arcade cabinet. That does not cabinet. even Listen, like. It's not just an arcade cabinet. Like in my, I have unlimited money <laughs> fantasy. I'm building like a uh, an arcade next to my house, and I'm gonna fill it with uh, arcade machines. And it's not even the games themselves, but it's like that nostalgic feeling of like being a kid and like going okay. and like scraping under the machines trying to find quarters and reaching in all the coin doors and so it's to find... the experience that you would have in your arcade that you would pay for yeah like listen <laughs> we all have our our ridiculous nostalgia quirks that don't make sense uh, and i don't have a particular like a lot of nostalgia for like all old right. game cartridges That's... and i'm not like i'm not even like a super big arcade <laughs> i say that i'm not like a super big arcade guy but like this past spring or summer like i got really into the idea of getting an arcade machine and fixing it and i actually got like all the tools like my dad was getting rid of some old tools and i got all the tools and i made an amazon list of the tools that i needed and i subscribed <laughs> to the arcade repair tips podcast and was listening to it and so i like know all this stuff about how to fix arcade machines i don't own an arcade machine i've never even opened one but like someday um but if i had all the money i wouldn't be fixing them i would pay somebody else to fix it that's so strange to me dude i know i guess i understand it we should probably move on maybe (laughs) so you're saying five or six i'm saying 17 seems what do you (laughs) yeah well yeah uh, what do you think this one's going for on eBay? Okay, so we did post a commercial about this game a week ago or two weeks ago, however many weeks ago once this episode comes out. And I do kind of remember somebody saying that it was expensive. So I like I normally don't have any knowledge mm-hmm. about this stuff, but somebody on the internet may have spoiled this. And so I think that it's a lot. I think it's a, one of those expensive ones. Well, what is expensive? I mean, expensive to you is seventeen dollars. Yeah. Um, so, well, this wasn't me. That was random other on the ran- internet set calling it expensive. So I don't know if that person is me or if that person is you. Because if that person is right. me, then this game is like, yeah, you're like, like twenty bucks. But if that person is you, then that means this game is going for like eighty dollars. And so I'm gonna say this game is going for like. That's a science fact. Yes, I'm gonna say this game is probably going for like forty-seven dollars. Forty-seven dollars. Yeah. Um, not the worst guess you've ever had. Well, that's good. I've so, had- according to eBay, this one's trending at fifty-five. Oh, but that's a lot. The ranges that I saw on this one looked more like thirty to forty-five. Okay. Uh, so I looked at price charting, and it said it was trending for like forty-one dollars ish. Um, not terrible. So I will I'll trust that because it seems to be a more stable algorithm than ebay so yeah about 41 dollars on this one okay did you look up what they go for like complete in box because i noticed that you have a complete in box one yeah those go for 100 to 140 dollars yeah okay um in uh, as far as the the sega genesis version is concerned but so this is one of your more expensive games yeah um i think this is the second most expensive genesis game i own I think 
only topped by Streets of Rage 3. <laughs> oh, we don't man. have to go there. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, with that being said, uh, what do you think this one's going for in the PAL region? <laughs> See, yeah, what the heck, man? PAL region is always insane. So Yeah, I'm gonna always say, getting screwed. Yeah, I'm going to say like 200 bucks for a copy of Probotector. <laughs> so, cart only... According to price charting, seventy three dollars. Okay. Complete is one ninety five. Dang, I was close. Yeah, you were close. Um, man, I feel bad for the Mega Drive collectors. They can import a Genesis cart, right? They can, but that's you see, you're not a collector, so you don't really understand the collector mentality. And since we're from North America and Genesis is what we know and what Genesis we grew up with. Does. Like, it's not the same. It's not just, like, imported Genesis. It's, like, they're collecting retro games because that's what they grew up with, so they want the version and the hardware that they grew up with. And also, I don't know if it's as simple as just get the Genesis version because I don't... When the PlayStation Mini stuff came out, yeah, no, they I were mad about the different regions' versions because apparently... The cropping was different or like the frame rate or something. It's like the refresh rate. Their, oh, their yeah. TVs so the physics, refresh at like the physics were different, right? 50 hertz instead of 60 15. hertz or something like that. And so depending on how a game is programmed yeah, and depending because a game, you know, has a, a, a tick or an update function where every so often, yeah, um, you know, 60 times a second or whatever, it refreshes whatever it needs to do. And so if you don't, at least in, in Unity, never mind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, <laughs> it's it different. Doesn't, it's a different thing. It, yes. So and depending on how the game is programmed, it may not run properly. So if, if your computer is slower, the game might run slower yeah. than somebody with a fast computer, which may make the game run in you know fast-forward motion. Gotcha. So it's different. I'm so sorry. It's different. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mega Drive people out there. Yes, we we are sorry. At least you have a way cooler name. I've always thought that Mega Drive sounded way more awesome than Genesis. <laughs> and Probotector. I like Probotector more than Contra. I can't say I do. Well, agree to disagree. You got the robots, and but over here we got like Rambo and aliens. I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of like the ridiculousness of it better. All right, sir, do you have anything else? I got one more thing. Um, I got another review. This one was from Slowmo Erectus, which is <laughs> okay. a funny name. Uh, he wrote, new fan, binged all the episodes since last Thursday. While painting our kitchen Man, this weekend. I can't even imagine. Right? Binged them all <laughs> in like a week. While painting our kitchen this weekend, I laughed so hard during the Streets of Rage 3 episode, I almost fell off the ladder. In fact, <laughs> Streets of Rage 3 started my general dislike for background music in games, and as a result, I still today play 90% of the time without it. Wow. Jordan's breakdown was spot on. So I like this guy because he says I was spot on, and also, <laughs> I like that it talks about Streets of Rage 3, which you thought we weren't going to have to talk about, and here it is. Oh, so thank you so much man. for that Uh review if you like the show if you like what you're hearing it would be a huge huge help for us if you would just stop take five seconds leave us a review wherever you're listening on apple Podcasts or wherever you are and it will help us a ton and maybe if we like your review we will read it on the air or if we don't like it and it's funny or whatever (laughs) you know you never know what we're gonna pick to read so um thanks for sending those in it does encourage us we love reading that kind of stuff and yeah yeah and um if you want to hear a specific episode about a specific game or you want to give us feedback, send us like a DM on Twitter 
or Instagram or email us. Let us know uh, what you want to hear from the show. And I mean, I try to pull the games from my own personal collection. Obviously, I don't own everything, but if I have it in my collection, I want to know what you guys want to hear about. And I want to maybe know uh, what games I should acquire as long as they're not, you know, two four hundred dollar games as long as it's not little samson on nes because <laughs> i don't think i'll ever have that game but oh before we go we have to say if the game is worth it or worthless or not oh yeah that's sort of the name of the podcast yeah that's sort of the point of the whole thing um i think we got to say worthless right I, is it even uh <laughs> i don't think that's really even a conversation at that price point yeah absolutely worthless right <laughs> It's it's such a bummer. It's such a cool looking game. There's so much stuff that we like about it, but at that price, man, no way. But I will say it is on the newly released Sega Genesis Mini, okay. which you can get for eighty dollars. Which also has the Mega Man game that was on Genesis and has like Castlevania Bloodlines. There's a lot of really interesting games on the Genesis. Is it Genesis also Mini. on that Switch bundle? It is. It's on the Contra. It's not just Switch. Whatever, man. That's, that's all we talk about these days. That's Everybody's got a switch. About. That's all we need. Get out of here. Um, but it is on the Contra Anniversary Collection, which uh, you can. I saw it on sale recently for ten dollars, but by default it's twenty dollars. But you get like Contra Super C arcade version of Contra. You get this game, Contra Three. I think there's a Game Boy uh, Contra on there. Uh, so at twenty bucks, I would think it's worth it to get all those Contra games. Oh yeah, and probably the most ideal way to play this one. If you're me and you can get that bundle at 10 bucks, that's the way to go. Yeah, I don't know if it has save and rewind features, but either way it's it's still worth it to me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think uh I think that's probably going to wrap it up, right? I think so too. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you soon. All right, thanks guys. Bye. Bye. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in staying up to date with the show, follow us at WIOW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review and subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Talk to you next time.